0: Welcome, you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. Happy Thursday. I am really, really looking forward to today's guest. We have been missing each other for a few months and talk about divine timing because today's episode, you are in for a treat. We all know about energy work. We've heard everyone talk about it. And today we're actually going to be giving you some real tools on how to implement and protect your light and protection in your energy within this world and within your everyday life. Where do you pick up energy attachments? How do you clear them? What tools can you use to be able to raise your vibration when you're having an off day? And what does it mean to protect your energy in general? I want to touch on this before the episode hits because protecting your energy is essentially a practice of working sustainably to remove negativity and distractions from your day to day life. When you get upset, how do you respond versus react? It's a way to safeguard your mental and emotional reserves so that you can pace yourself and you can stay motivated and have clarity and intention throughout your day today. Intention is everything and I really want you to question through this episode and just take a moment with yourself right now and ask where is your intention right now? What are you manifesting but where are those actions matching that manifestation? I'm not going to ruin any more of it. Today is going to be so juicy. Stick for the whole time, and without further ado, let's welcome George to our show. George, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How are you?
1: Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. How about you?
0: So good, and I'm so for today, and how much the audience is going to get in out of this. Like, you guys have no idea what you're in for. So I'm about to kick off the podcast, and I just like hearing people's stories because- it's just the typical, you can't judge a book by the cover, right? Like you see your picture, yes. you see you and you make assumptions. And like, I like to like get into it on what got you doing the work that you're doing today and how you stepped into your dharma.
1: Oh my goodness. It all started when I was five years old. <laughs> I wow. was one of those weird kids that just did not fit in with anybody else. I liked uh, talking to plants and spending time by myself and asking lives big questions. Like the first image I have of myself is I, I'm standing in this field of yellow daisies, I'm staring out at the sky and I'm wondering what is the purpose of life? So I <laughs> wasn't oh weird always <laughs> growing up in a in a very small like island in the Mediterranean in Cyprus, a very small community difference was not accepted. So you're expected to be a certain way. People judge you a lot. So there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations. So from a very young age, I started feeling like there was something wrong with me. Like I always stood out from the crowd. So I started people pleasing. I started trying to change myself to fit into other other people's expectations of me. Fast forward to when I was 13 years old, finding out I was gay in a society where gay people were still considered to be pedophiles and criminals. It was ill uh, to be gay while I was growing up in my early, um, early childhood. Wow. So there was no way I could allow myself to take on yet another label to the ones that I had been given before that. So I'm like, you know what? I'll do what I do best. I'm just going to change myself to make everybody else happy. And of course, I can't change who I was born to be. I didn't know it then. So I put myself through a very masochistic journey of trying to change my sexuality, monitoring the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I expressed myself to the point that I reached such a low psychological level that I was ready to take my life. I remember one night I I came home from school, another day of being bullied and trying to change. And I ended up walking in this robotic way and talking in a very robotic way. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I wrote a letter to my parents. I had a bunch of pills in my hands and I was ready to put an end to it. And it was in that moment that my spiritual path started essentially because I had an epiphany. In that low moment, I had this realization that you know what, I do have a choice. I can just fuck what people think and just learn to love and accept myself exactly as I was. And you know what, Courtney, I had no idea how to love myself, because all I knew was people pleasing and trying to change myself and all this suppression. But my willingness to change was what opened me up to spirituality. And then my willingness led me to a path of learning about meditation and feng shui that was one of the first things i did mm. and rituality affirmations etc and here i am 15 years later where i consciously made the choice made the choice to use the tools and the skills that brought me to this level where i am unapologetically myself to help others do the same too
0: wow our stories are Oh my gosh. Parallel in a lot of ways. Um, I always, I find it fascinating. And the reason I love to ask about stories is because you just, you, you never know. And the, the thing that I find the same with every guest that's on the show and I'm sure you see this too, is it's always in this parts where you think you're literally, there's nothing left to give. There's nothing left to offer. Like it's done. That the, you get this aha magic moment and your life begins. Yes. And so oh, yeah, I have chills it's everywhere. That moment,
1: it's a moment of surrender because we resist so much. So when we stop resisting, and sometimes we need to hit that like low like level and, and hit rock bottom to completely release our resistance and find the solution that has always been there, but we just couldn't
0: see. Yeah, that. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads us right into it. Protecting your light. And I yes. know that's the theme. I, I don't, don't think there could be, be a possible th- better time to be talking about this topic with everything going on in the world. And I, I just agree. see so many people struggling where they don't need to be struggling on their journey. And it's simply because they don't have the tools. And so, so I, I'm, I'm just, th- I'm super pumped about Let's just start at the beginning. What is energy protection in general?
1: Great question. Energy protection is ensuring that what's yours is yours and what's theirs is theirs. It's about having ownership of our own energy, of our thoughts, of our emotions, of our behavior, because we have this energetic field that's like a sponge and it's absorbing energies and suggestions from other people. So if we don't consciously take control our energy and we are subjected to other people's energy then we let other people determine the way we think the way we feel the way we behave and therefore our life purpose is not entirely ours but it's other people's purpose of us so energy protection is about taking our life back it's about ensuring that whatever it is we're doing is coming from our connection with our soul and higher self rather than other people's suggestions about who we are, and what we're here to do.
0: I think something that sometimes we do subconsciously too, is we get in a shitty mood, in a shitty mood, and really like allowing ourselves to put up that shield like you're talking about, because we are such walking sponges in general, that if we are not aware of what we're absorbing, we can absorb the wrong stuff very easily, right?
1: A hundred percent. That's why in, in my new book in Protect Your Light, I share a seven-step process to protecting our energy. Most people, I find the number one mistake people make in this on the spiritual path when it comes to energy protection is they simply shield themselves. They're like, I'm shielding myself with white light. I'm like, that's important, but you're missing so many other steps before you shield. And I'm going to share the main three steps of the process. Firstly, you have to identify what's in your energetic field. And in the book, I shared about the different types of energetic attachments that you can catch, essentially, how to scan your aura to recognize them, how they can affect you. And then after you identify, you have to go into the clearing process where you use different practices. I like to work with a lot of like, uh, earth-based practices with fire, with air, with water, with sound. But also yes. with like, medica- yes, I love working with like the earth. I-, I-, I have this in the book, that the earth is the OG when it comes to energy <laughs> protection. Like she's been here for
0: 4.5 billion years.
1: Yeah, because the earth has been here for 4.5 billion years. We've been here for 100,000 years. I mean, a blink of an eye. In the earth's timeline, she's been here way longer than we have and she survived it all. So if the earth can survive, then we can learn from the earth on how to survive as well. So she doesn't kick us out of the system, which she is doing (laughs) gradually. So (laughs) that's why I like to leverage the energies of the earth, partner with the earth's elementals and the frequencies of the earth to clear our energy of all these energy attachments. And then we go into step number three, which is all about shielding and using different shields, not just white light, but I talk about amplifying shields, repelling shields and transmuting shields to create different types of protection.
0: Mm. So I have a question and I don't know if this will spoil the book or anything, but I've I've seen this as a a huge trend lately. People talking about and I see some things that I'm wrong information Can we talk a little bit about how we transmute anger, hatred, and bring that in and transmute it into love and what that really looks like?
1: Yes. Well, transmutation is changing a perspective. You can do this energetically, but you can do this as well cognitively and emotionally. So when it comes to anger, there's always something behind that. So I'm not a a superficial kind of spiritual teacher when it comes to energy processes. I believe energy is powerful, but I also believe that you have to do the, the cognitive work and the emotional work and the somatic work in addition to energy work. And actually, the last chapter of Protect Your Light, I call it actualize the change. It's all about doing the work. Energy work is the end. It's the beginning of the work. Meaning that when you have anger, when you have any sort of negative emotion and you work on it from an energetic perspective, energetic perspective to transmute that energy, you then have to do the cognitive work of searching underneath the surface and asking the questions, what's beneath that? What's causing this anger? Where is it stemming from? What limiting belief, what trauma, what past experience is there that creates that? And then you can use that anger to, in, in a more productive way, for example, and shifted but you're not shifting it by over spiritualizing it or by spiritually bypassing it you're understanding it and you're utilizing it to create something new
0: mm. oh, so much goodness thank you for clarifying that so let's talk about light workers in in you know as a collective here that, that change with protecting, protecting energy and that- does it change when you're actually working on other people, what are ways to amplify that energy protection?
1: Yeah, so light workers are people who are here to make who make the conscious choice essentially of making the world a better place, of upgrading the energy of the planet. So most light workers are very sensitive, they're empathic, they're highly sensitive people, they're intuitive. So we sense energy. So it's especially important for us, for light workers and empaths and intuitives, to protect our energy more than people who are not intuitive and empathic and light workers. Why? Because our purpose is powerful. In my previous book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, I coined the term ascension lightworkers as old mature souls who have been incarnating time and time again for the purpose of ascending the vibration of the planet. And therefore, ascension lightworkers purpose is a collective purpose of global change. So because our purpose is collective and it's so important and it's about creating global change, we need to make sure we follow and fulfill it. So we are here to, to shift the status quo in a way. To do this, we need to have a clear connection with our soul's guidance and with our life's purpose. If we have all these limiting beliefs, other people's energies like cluttering our energetic field, then we don't have direct access to this energy. And therefore, the guidance that's coming through is not authentic to who we are and what our life purpose is. So it's especially important for us because we work with people, because we interact uh, with so many people and we're here to create change, it's especially important for us to use extra tools and practices to keep our energy pure and protected so that we receive this guidance and follow our purpose.
0: Mm -hmm. So, so, let let me start the tabs here. Go for it. Let's start with social media, because there there's so much information cutting out
1: of a lot of the show
0: actually yes. is how do we protect our energy when we are on social media or we when we are on getting content ideas or there's, so there's a lot of influencers show ways that they can mindful of that.
1: I love this question. When I was researching writing uh, Protect Your Light, I realized that there was nobody writing about digital energy protection. So I made sure to include a whole part of the book. The last part is all about protecting our energy landscape. What it's important for us to realize when protecting our energy online is that the digital world, the digital landscape is. An actual landscape. It has the same kind, it's a mirror of the physical landscape. Think of Instagram, for example, and all social media sites. They're like digital cities. They have public spaces such as the Explore tab. There are private spaces such as the DMs. They have uh, semi-public or semi-private spaces, such as, for example, uh, for example, our feeds. Same is, is the same for TikTok, for Facebook, for all social media sites. So, as we interact with people in all these different spaces, there are different degrees of energies that we come into contact with. If we are in the explore tab or some public person's uh, comment section, then there is so much more negative energy there that we can um, be influenced by and catch different energetic attachments versus a more private space, such as a private Facebook group, for example, or our DMs. So it's important to, first of all, understand how the digital landscape works so that we can take the right steps to protecting our energy when we interact. A quick tip that I want to give here is the most important step we can take is having an intention before going into social media because when we go there with the intention of doing something specific then there are less chances of us getting dragged down into the endless scrolling that's going to lead us into some dark etheric spaces that we can catch negative energies from
0: whereas
1: if we don't do that yes if we don't (laughs) set an intention then there's so much we can um we can catch so First step is intention. And then, of course, practical steps we can take. We can also use energetic practices to protect our energy online, too. Does it make sense?
0: Yes, absolutely. Let's say that you pick up an energy attachment like you've been speaking about. What is your favorite mm-hmm. ritual to cut that attachment and to work to cut cords in general if you're feeling an energetic attachment to something?
1: Yes, great questions. For uh, So there are so many different types of energetic attachments we can come into contact with. And in the book, I detail all of them. But the main ones are residual spatial energy. That's just energy that other people have left in a space. Let's say, for example, you go down the street and you have a fight with uh, with a friend. That energy, that anger is imprinted into the ethers of the space. And if someone passes by, they can catch that energetic attachment. I call this residual spatial energy. We also have toxic cords that you've just mentioned that we have two people, but not just to people to places to objects to our past lives to events in our lives to uh, physical countries and cities that we have relationships with sometimes those courts are positive if the relationships are positive but if the relationships are negative or toxic or unhealthy then those courts are negative and there is a negative energy flowing back and forth. We have collective thought forms. This is the collective vibration of fears and limiting beliefs that just lingers around the world that we can make an, a subconscious connection with. There are low level spirits and entities that just linger in the world that can come into contact with us. So, so many different types of energetic attachments. So. And we take the time to tune in our energy and identify then in the book I share different practices we can use to clear them. A practice I always go to and this is my go-to practice that I use every single morning is I call this the golden energy net. It's basically all about visualizing a golden energetic net right below your feet and mindfully With your mind's eye, you're visualizing this net filtering through your body and filtering out all these negative attachments. So this is a great way to get started when it comes to clearing.
0: I love how reachable that is to everyone. So how, what are, you You are are feeling low That what are some different signs that people can be like, okay, am I not at my highest vibration that I can be at? How do people...
1: Yes, there are many symptoms to being energetically attacked. I call this energy attack. So energy attack is when there are so many energetic attachments within our energetic field that it manifests into an attack. And you can understand this and realize that by noticing the symptoms, the signs that you've just talked about, these could include headaches, or just feeling you're being watched, or just feeling feeling very sluggish, or having brain fog, or not being able to concentrate, or having insomnia. So there are so many different symptoms there that sometimes we can have like a symptom and immediately we're thinking, oh my God, I'm energetically attacked or someone is psychically attacking me. That's not always the case. I always say if you have five or more of these symptoms that I I mentioned in the book, then it's probably a case of psychic attack, but it's also very important to eliminate any other physical, emotional, and cognitive issues that could be the matter there and the issue there before we um, conclude that it may be energetic attack.
0: I love that you say that because I think a lot of times we can psych ourselves out really yes. that fear vibration. Yes. So your book, tell me all about it. Where can we get it? I know it would definitely be pure. So can, can we, we reach out? Like, What, what do you have you going have- on? What's happening?
1: So Protect Your Light is available everywhere. Books are sold on Amazon, of course, but also all bookshops um, all around the world. You can find it. And if you, if you go to protectyourlightbook.com, people can actually get access to a free workshop with me. It's called the Psychic Scanning Workshop, where I guide you through the process of turning on your psychic vision so you can scan your body and your energy and identify all these different types of energy attack. So by ordering the book, entering the order code in this page, protectyourlightbook.com, you also get access to this free workshop
0: oh so much good
1: Where are you? Instagram? yes of course so instagram is the best way to connect with me at george lizas and my youtube channel i have weekly videos as well as my facebook group yourspiritualtoolkit.com and of course my website georgelizas.com
0: oh yeah the website you know that thing <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: all living on Instagram right now, so that's why.
0: We so are. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for just your wisdom today and sharing with us so much goodness for our tool belts. And I appreciate you and the work that you are doing, it's just so powerful. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the sweetest little life today i hope you walk away feeling inspired feeling a little bit more lighter a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button as always please sharing is caring we love to hear your thoughts we love to get feedback um, guest recommendations all the things and if you're not subscribed Hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.